0: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by GamePrint. We thank them and our patrons for their support of Priority One Podcast. <laughs> one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 418 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, June 18th, and available for download or streaming on Friday, June 21st at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kat. And unfortunately, Anthony is out sick this week, but we do have some great news, Captains. We are now ready to announce our new host to Priority One Podcast, Admiral Kat of the Priority One Armada. Kat, welcome aboard.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be
0: here. So I want to take this opportunity to give you a little more time to introduce yourself to our listeners and our community because I know that they are going to be just as excited as we are to have you on board. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your Trek life?
1: It seems like I've always had a Trek life. I've been watching Trek since my brother watched it when I was a kid, loved Spock, watched all the movies through growing up and college, Next Generation was amazing. So just all of it all the time.
0: And now you've been playing Star Trek Online for a really long time now. How long? How long have you been playing? 2014.
1: I nice. uh, yeah, I made my first character in 2014.
0: And tell us a little bit about your gaming experience. Is this your first MMO? Were you it's playing my- other...
1: <laughs> it's the only game. Uh, I never played video. I never was really into video games. I was into music, and I was always into Star Trek. But a friend of mine just was told me about this game and was like, "You have to play this." So I. I did, and uh, yeah, I don't... I've tried some other games, but I... Yeah, I just play this one.
0: And you're hooked! (laughs) (laughs) Definitely.
1: I mean, how amazing! You can have your own crew, you can have your own ship, you can do your own missions. It's awesome.
0: You see, I think that that's a very unique perspective right that that is the you are essentially the target audience for star trek online okay yeah i would believe that (laughs) you know it's it is somebody who's a fan of star trek who may not have ever played another mmo before may not have ever played any games before but continues the story and lives within the franchise in star trek online so
1: absolutely i mean i always have a in my mind backstory for all my characters. It's
0: its fantastic. I love it. That's awesome. And now tell us a little bit about your role in the Armada.
1: Well, I, being new to gaming at all, it was it took me a really long time to be comfortable with how MMOs work and you know chatting with the community and actually joining a voice server was extremely daunting as I'm sure Winters could tell you I really had a it was a long process but yeah I just I started showing up for fleet events and I found I first joined the house of Martok which was the KDF fleet and um, I didn't even realize there was a fed side to it but I just started emailing Winters all these questions and you know just started participating in things and you know taking a more active role and wanted to help out and here i am
0: and now you're also doing the saturday night
1: yeah i do the the live stream on saturdays most well some of the time when i'm on the schedule and uh with all my other co-admirals and other captains in the armada and we have a great time doing that
0: well you've been fantastic over at the armada and winters has spoken so highly of you and we are thrilled to have you on board uh As another host of the show, we're so grateful that you join us.
1: Well, I'm super excited to be here. I can't wait to, you know, have a bunch more shows under my belt because this first one's a little nerve wracking.
0: It's all right. You know, it's funny. I'm currently rebuilding the Priority One website and listening back to, I mean, I'm talking about episode eighty five, the first one that James and I took over. Oh wow and ooh it's <laughs> rough. So don't worry, you will most certainly just ease on into this, and we will certainly support you uh, as you come accustomed to joining us on Tuesday nights, but we are thrilled to have you.
1: That's great. Well, I've been listening to the show a long time, so this is just fantastic. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Are you a convention attendee? Have you ever done any, either local conventions or any big ones?
1: Uh, I mean, I've been to some Comic-Cons, but nothing specifically Trek. I would love to. That would be amazing. I did get to go to Vegas to do the Star Trek experience when I was at the Hilton and that was awesome.
0: <laughs> well, I look forward to working with you and hopefully we'll see you at Vegas one year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That would be great.
0: So, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week?
1: This week, we're trekking out Alex Kurtzman's future plans for Star Trek, including Discovery, Picard, and Animation. Then we're off to Los Angeles for awards, Mars for stamps, and the 24th century to celebrate our captain. In Star Trek online and gaming news, the weekend event store is getting a closeout sale, and an old Star Trek card game is still going strong. Of course of course, as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
0: Captains, before we move forward, we want to remind you that we now record our live episodes on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern before Mission Log Live. So if you've ever been interested in joining us for the live broadcast as we record our episodes, be sure to follow us on our social media channels for show times and special announcements. We're even introducing a call-in number for you to join us in feedback because there is nothing more important for us than to keep the conversation going with you. And if you
1: haven't, Thought to, we encourage you to open Hailing Frequencies and reach out to us. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Priority Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at Podcast.com.
0: Now we do need to take a moment to thank our patrons. Listeners like you who offer a financial contribution each month to make sure that we can continue to produce the quality content you've come to expect on Fridays. With their support, we can continue to improve our digital tools to help make sure that our sound is as crisp and clear as you've come to expect and to upgrade equipment for adventures like when we attend Star Trek Las Vegas coming up in August. We are so very grateful for their ongoing contributions and support of Priority 1 Podcast.
1: Captains, we understand that a financial contribution may not be possible, but there are other ways you can help the show. We're always looking for volunteers to join the production team. Specifically, we're looking for audio editors to help clean up a segment or two. We currently have a great team working hard each week, but many hands make light work. Shoot us an email to incoming at priority1podcast.com with audio editor in the subject line.
0: And if you are interested in becoming a patron, we encourage you to check us out over at patreon.com forward slash priority1. We are now introducing new rewards for our patrons at our $5 a month level and our $25 a month level. So, we do our best to incentivize a financial contribution to Priority One. So, again, we encourage you to check us out over at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One.
1: Now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. Join, uh-huh.
0: Then let's check it out. This week, Star Trek's franchise executive producer, Alex Kurtzman, chatted with Deadline's Crew Call podcast. During the discussion, Kurtzman was cautious not to give too much of Star Trek's future away, but he did talk a little about what's around the corner for the franchise. Kurtzman gave some insight into Star Trek Discovery's second season and how far along the team is on its third, saying, quote, We're actually more ahead on Season 3 than we've ever been. On Season 2, we were flying by the seat of our pants. However, we knew exactly where we wanted to go from the beginning, end quote. He also told Deadline that the writing team is currently working on the script for Episode 5 of Discovery's third season.
1: Kurtzman also expressed excitement about animation and Star Trek's place in it. He describes Mike McMahon's Lower Decks, quote, Mike's show is really for kids 11 to 70. What I love so much about the way Mike is planning things is that... What would typically be the A story on any Star Trek episode is happening in the background. Huge, crazy expletive is going on in the background, and that's super peripheral to the story you're actually focusing on, end quote. Of the Nickelodeon project, Kurtzman teased the CG animated show will be super cinematic, and quote. It's on par with love, death, and robots, end quote. For the full interview, including Kurtzman's plan to start filming Section 31 immediately following Discovery Season 3 and Patrick Stewart's influence on Star Trek Picard, check out the show notes.
0: I have to say that this was really a eye-opening interview. Maybe not eye-opening. Maybe that's a little too exaggerating. But it was interesting to get some behind-the-scenes insight into his creative process and his broader approach to delivering Star Trek, right? You know, we heard several weeks ago that the idea was that there was always going to be Star Trek eventually, right, in some way, shape, or form. So now, you know, we had the announcement of Nickelodeon, Star Trek. We have the animated series by some of the same folks that worked on Rick and Morty that's more skewed for adults. Of course, we have Picard. We have several, several iterations of Star Trek happening and i think that what i walked away appreciating more was his almost he's taking a step back and looking at the broader picture whereas as fans we tend to hyper focus on each series and each episode i think that kurtzman has a a broad picture a broad plan and he's executing it with specifics in mind you know early in the interview somewhere around the eight or, or nine minute mark you know he talks about you know, they talk about the colors and the palette of the episode, and then he talks about kind of every show having a different feel, having a different energy, you know? I'm paraphrasing here, and, and of course, we encourage you to check out the actual interview. So, I don't know. I, I walked away feeling more at ease in the direction that he's taking Star Trek. You know, he also talks about, you know, his relationship with film and television. So, it's really good. I think it's really, really reassuring for, for fans that maybe be Well, it
1: feels like he's embracing the entire universe of star trek so you know there can be different you know corners of the universe ready to be investigated using these different shows so i think it's, i think it's great so yeah it was it was Are pretty you, reassuring to hear what he had to say
0: i uh, just out of curiosity you did listen to the I listened to
1: some of it i didn't quite finish it but yeah okay. I was surprised about the seat of our pants part about season two, because I felt like season two was pretty cohesive.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of that might have stemmed from all the behind-the-scenes drama that happened for season yeah. one. You know, we had different showrunners and whatnot, and I think that it it was bold of him to admit that. Yeah,
1: I mean, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious there was some stuff going right. on, but... Yeah, I like expanding the universe, so any way you can tell a different story using, you know, similar themes is, I think, it brings it all together.
0: What series are you most looking forward to? Picard.
1: (laughs) But, I don't know, actually all of them. I'm excited to see any of them. I mean, the animated series sounds interesting, and Section 31 is also very interesting, but, yeah, Picard, definitely.
0: The only thing that I was slightly concerned about was when he was talking about how you know things like short trek and and some of these other shows are like a test bed you know and i don't know i guess when you produce something and you spend a lot of money and it fails i feel like the people who manage the purse strings get a little more frugal when you experiment and fail yes in my experience that has proven to be true (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, it doesn't take much or many failures to get purse strings cut together. So, yeah, maybe some of that was, hey, we can't be spending time and money on this when we have all this other stuff
0: we could be doing. Right, right. Yeah, that was my only concern. I, d- I hope he doesn't throw too much out there. I hope he's a little, a little more.
1: Well, I don't. Have we had any updates recently for Section Thirty-One? I feel like they're kind of, you know, distancing each series out there. I don't know, spacing it out.
0: They asked him about it, but he didn't go too much into detail about it. I just hope that he's more discerning in some of the things that are produced, including short treks, you know, because I think that, like we said, and you said, once, you know, if you spend a lot of money on, on several thousand dollars on short treks, and they fail, then the people, the powers that be might say, you know what? No, you can't experiment as much as you want.
1: And absolutely that happens. You know, it does all the time. So I'm sure they came to the table with all these great ideas and everything got Ago, and then now that the money is at play, you know, and a concern, I'm sure things were, are getting rearranged.
0: This year, Los Angeles Confidential Magazine launched its Impact Awards, honoring the behind-the-scenes talent that helped bring our favorite shows to life. Among the winners was This Is Us creator Dan Fogelman, Russian Dolls cinematographer Chris Teague, and Star Trek Discovery's visual effects artist Jason Zimmerman. This is Zimmerman's second award, having received the Visual Effects Society Award for his work on the short-lived Fox television series Terra Nova. Zimmerman has been nominated for two other VES awards, including one for Star Trek Discovery and a Primetime Emmy for the TV movie Mammoth. For a link to the Hollywood Reporter article, check out the show notes.
1: When humans landed on the moon, the United States sparked the occasion by planting an American flag on the moon's pitted surface. When Starfleet visited Mars, they left a Delta stamp on the red planet. On Wednesday, June 12th, NASA's High Resolution Imaging Science Experiment, or HiRISE, shared a photo on their Twitter account of an imprint on Mars' surface, quote, enterprising viewers will make the discovery that these features look conspicuously like a famous logo, end quote. The famous logo in question? The Starfleet Delta. The imprint in familiar Chevron-esque Starfleet Delta shape was photographed by NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. According to the University of Arizona's high-rise page, quote, long ago, there was a large crescent-shaped barcan dunes that moved across this area, and at some point, there was an eruption. The lava flowed over the plain and around the dunes, but not over them. The lava solidified, but these dunes still stuck up like islands. However, they were still just dunes, and the wind continued to blow. Eventually, the sand piles that were the dunes migrated away, leaving these footprints in the lava plain. These are also called dune casts and record the presence of dunes that were surrounded by lava, end quote.
0: This has been blowing up on social media because of how uncannily it looks like the Starfleet Delta. I mean, you would think that aliens are just trolling us at this oh, point. Oh, it was... It's eerie. It's so cool. <laughs> it makes you think, like, then you had other people going, oh, George, was on Mars. Know, right?" Because exactly. remember they- I am
1: like, oh, my God, look what they just found. <laughs> it was so, that's just, I mean, of course, there's a whole brain thing. You tend to associate symbols with familiar things, but it looked like an enterprise symbol.
0: On Sunday, June 16th, the United States celebrated Father's Day. But the world celebrated captain picard day captain picard day oh uh,
1: yes it's uh it's it's for the children i'm uh, <laughs> i'm a role model <laughs> i'm sure you are
0: to highlight the important day star trek's twitter feed was full of clips fan retweets and a special message from picard's former number one jonathan frakes Following a clip from the Star Trek The Next Generation Season 7 episode, The Pegasus, Frakes addressed the fans, quote, Hello, Trekkers, Trekkies, Picardians. I'd like to wish you all a happy Captain Picard Day. End quote. For a link to the tweet, check out the show notes. All right, Cat, how did you celebrate Captain Picard Day?
1: Well, I've been rewatching next generation, so I watched the episode. It's great.
0: You know, it was really cute to see how Star trek.com made a made a really great effort at engaging the fans with this little event. You know, they did a few videos like how to make your own little paper mache Picard. They even did an Earl Grey Moscow Moscow Mule kind of thing. Yeah, you know what? Kudos. I you know, again, I as much as we rag on, on some of the marketing <laughs> for a Star Trek to Discovery, I will give credit where credit is due. And they did a fantastic job this uh, this year with Picard Day. I hope that they will continue to invest in these type of social media engagement initiatives because I think it goes a long way.
1: Yeah, it's fun when they do unique stuff, you know, like that. I would absolutely make an Earl Grey Moscow Mule and have some. I might have to do that for one of these shows just to test it out. Agreed. I mean, maybe it tastes terrible. Who knows?
0: I had an Earl Grey tea chocolate once and i hated it yeah that
1: sounds it. terrible just put booze in it it was it terrible. Makes everything better
0: it was terrible well that brings us to our first community question this week how did you celebrate captain picard day let us know by sharing your social media posts and pictures with us over on twitter or instagram at priority one pod or just let us know by replying to our social media question posts on those same social media channels
1: Week history. This week in Star Trek History, we go to the year 2370 to meet a role model. On January 10, 1994, Star Trek The Next Generation aired its 164th episode, The Pegasus. In it, Commander William Riker must face his past and the poor decisions he's made when a former captain comes back to retrieve a lost ship. The episode, which was directed by LeVar Burton and written by Ronald D. Moore, explored Riker's past, but it also introduced Captain Picard Day. The annual event, which was maligned by its honored captain, served as a way for schoolchildren to recognize the ship's top officer and had, among other things, an art contest judged by Picard himself. According to Memory Alpha, fans of the franchise have been celebrating Captain Picard Day on June 16th since 2007. Though the date of the holiday, noted as Stardate 47457.1 in the Pegasus, has been debated. Regardless, fans and corporations alike have embraced the Captain Picard Day.
0: Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now, let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek Gaming captains were gearing up for vegas and that can be a very expensive trip thankfully this year that trip is sponsored by mixed dimensions with support of course from our patrons not only does this partnership help us produce content for you during our trip to stlv but we're also saving you 20% off any ship at any size just use coupon code priority20 at checkout Now, Kat, you are obviously a very avid Star Trek Online player. Have you decided on uh, a ship that you might want to have printed? There's
1: so many. I love all my ships. I want a vengeance. I want my T6 temporal science vessel. I want my D4. I want, yeah, I want all the ships. So my, my dilemma is deciding which one I want first.
0: Well, you see, here's the thing, though, is that they offer so many different sizes and so many different options for printing that you could really start off with as little as $20 minus the 20% to have a 4-inch print made of whatever ship you want, even if you just wanted to, you know, hang one up that maybe you aren't as in love with.
1: No, I want one. It's just so hard to decide which one I want first.
0: Now, I will admit that the larger you go, the better quality, at least the colors come out, right? It's, they're much crisper. They're much richer in terms of the palette. So, you know, maybe you f- have that one favorite ship that you just really want printed in your color scheme in with the decals that you want with your name and registry on it i know it's a hard choice it took me a while to to decide to
1: i know it's it's really a toss-up between my d4 and the science vessel because i love both of them so much so maybe i'll just have to get both
0: and you know what's interesting too is that you're talking about ships that may not be easily available out of box from another vendor right these are ships that are specifically designed for star trek online that are customized for you which makes it such an amazing experience
1: yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out, be- or trek it out, because I definitely love my ships, and I think, I think I might need some on my desk.
0: Well, as we mentioned, when you do decide to make that purchase, make sure to use our coupon code PRIORITY20, PRIORITY20, at checkout, because you'll save 20% on your order, so... Cat, yeah, don't let deciding on which ship hold you back. Just you know, start with a $20 one, then work your way up until you have an armada of starships to display. Just visit gameprint.net and just start building that fleet. And of course, we thank our sponsor, GamePrint, for their support of this podcast.
1: Computer status report. Status. Incoming message.
0: I'm only in the mood for good news today. when it comes to Star Trek Discovery, one thing fans can agree on is that seeing that original 1701 Enterprise captained by Christopher Pike himself was an epic moment. And now that Season 2 of Discovery has concluded, Cryptic has given us a chance to pilot this version of the iconic ship in the game. From now until July 11th, R&D packs purchased from the Zen Store will include either 10 Lobby Crystals or a Special Requisition Choice Pack for a Tier 6 promotional ship. And you guessed it, that new ship is the Discovery Era Enterprise and a Discovery Era Klingon D7. That's if you're lucky enough to get the requisition pack. Faction dependent, of course.
1: Both of these ships are officially called Miracle Worker Flight Deck Cruisers and their consoles and masteries support that. The Enterprise version comes with the Universal Console Reinforcing Squadron, which launches several squadrons of tactical flyers near your target, causing all of your summoned pets to attack that target. What other summoned pets, you might ask? Well, this ship also comes with two hangar bays equipped with wait for it, tactical flyers. Each fighter launched is actually a squadron of six tactical flyers, for a grand total of 36 tactical flyers. The Starship Mastery Trait, Polarized Lattice Optimized Tritanium Armor when slotted will seal any transported torpedoes behind bulkheads, deploy DOT-7 repair drones to heal your hull, and deploy bulkheads to increase hull resistance. The D7 arrives with Render Visible Console. Activating it will uncloak a Klingon cleave ship to ram your targeted foe and fight for a short time before recloaking. How cool is that? And the Starship trait, the ruin of our enemies, will grant additional bonus damage the more enemies you defeat. For a full list of stats, check out the show notes.
0: So, first of all, kudos to you for reading polarized lattice optimized tritanium armor correctly in the first go. That and it rolls have... off the tongue. <laughs> does it? Does it though? So, so kudos to you because. Many a blooper have been recorded with us trying to <laughs> with us stumbling over these words in the chat for priority one um I'm not sure if it was for our patrons or uh, for production. We we're talking about the ship and am I understanding correctly that you could ultimately launch like a hundred of these like in any in, in a in a queue you could potentially have over a hundred of these. Flyers in combat between between people flying the ship. That
1: sounds plausible. I mean, I guess if you had multiple ships, if you had thirty six for each ship, if you had yeah, at least three other of wow, that's amazing. I I can't even comprehend that. I want these ships so bad because <laughs> uh, even though I am the last person to want to fly a flight deck cruiser, but that D seven sounds fantastic.
0: So I take it you're more of a Klingon player, huh?
1: Yeah, actually, I would consider my main to be KDF, but I seem to be flying fed more, rec- you know, mo- lately more because of Discovery. I want both of these ships. I need both. Render visible. Wow, you just get a Klingon cleave ship to come out of nowhere and and ram into people. That's I gotta I, see that. I,
0: <laughs> right. I, I, I really want to see this in action, especially with like you know like maybe a twenty man SDF. TFO or something like that, you know, like it just how graphic intensive might that be?
1: I don't know, but I want to see these tactical flyers, you know, it to me, it kind of sounds like the Section 31 ship that, you know, just turned into a whole bunch of flyers, but maybe that's what they're working on. Polarized lattice optimized titanium armor. What? (laughs) That just sounds like I need that console for everything.
0: Well, if you were also following us on social media, Zeph Films. Had teased a video. If you want a special look at these two iconic vessels, then visit Zeph Films, who put together an amazing spotlight video. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. So, Kat, why don't you tell us what's going on in the Armada this week?
1: Well, we have some exciting news in the Armada. We just completed our Tier 5 upgrade for the Beta Fleet colony. That's right. Beta Fleet has a fully upgraded Armada. Well, all the flea holdings are fully upgraded to tier 5, and if you were wanting that, uh, you know, Boomerang Lucari scout vessel, you and you're a member of the Armada, you can get it. That's awesome. So, yeah, congrats to Beta Fleet. Everyone worked really hard on getting that upgrade completed, and wow, we're fully upgraded uh, flea holding now.
0: Nice, nice. Congrats to the Armada. And as always, if you are interested in joining the Armada, just visit PriorityOneArmada.com.
1: That's it for this week in gaming news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each other.
0: Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages.
1: Episode 417's first community question was, if you could take anything from a Star Trek set, what would you take?
0: From Instagram, Blake JK Young writes in, I would take a Solonet bed from Schisms, mount it on the wall, and freak everyone out. Ew, only if you had that sound
1: with the clicking. (laughs) Uh, From Facebook, Dave Rutley,
0: anything, I'd take the entire TOS bridge. You know, that's that's a lot. That's a lot that's a lot of that's a lot to fit in your pocket. But then again, so is a Solanay bed.
1: Yeah. I would take a mechleth.
0: From Twitter, Jean Patrick Anan wrote in I'd take a photon torpedo. It would make a nice raised bed for herbs in my garden. Oh, huh, someone with a green thumb. From
1: Facebook, Mike McCracken. I have chips from the casino in the next generation movie First
0: Contact. How do you how'd you get that, Mike? How'd you get those Casino chips. I wouldn't mind owning a casino chip from from First Contact.
1: Episode 417's second community question was, Did you ever play the Star Trek customizable card game? Are there any old Star Trek tabletop or video games that you do still play?
0: From Facebook, AJ Biega writes in, I love the old first edition and still make dream cards to this day. I knew about the continuing committee but had not checked them out for some time. After Anthony and the Recipe one reminded me, I went and made a Defiant deck.
1: From Facebook, Ron Kinney. I played the Star Trek CCG, but eventually lost interest. I did keep my cards, hoping they'd become collectible, only to find they are basically worth nothing since being converted to electronic gameplay. I'm thinking the cards may end up in a bin at the local Goodwill.
0: You know, Ron, you may want to put those on eBay. I mean, you know, there might be a Star Trek collector that would gladly pay for those but especially if they're original but
1: hey you never know what do we know
0: captains we want to remind you that during our live broadcast recordings on tuesday nights at 8 p.m on social media channels like facebook twitter twitch periscope youtube you name it we have a call-in number for you to join in on the discussion during feedback to help answer our community questions if you're interested tune in on tuesday nights at 8 p.m we'll be posting the phone number for you to call and join in on the conversation
1: well that wraps up episode 418 of priority one a roddenberry star trek podcast for more great podcasts like mission log women at Warp, the trek files and daily star trek news visit podcast.roddenberry.com
0: but before we go here's our community questions for this week how did you celebrate captain picard day and what do you think about Star Trek Online's new Discovery Era Enterprise and D7? Are you as excited as Cat is to get your hands on the helm?
1: Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast, or Find us on Twitter and Instagram at
0: PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by doing a search for Roddenberry on any of your podcast apps. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll be on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, or Twitter. Just keep an eye on our social media channels for details.
1: And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and me and the Priority One Armada Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's always something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on all of our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com.
0: This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash priority one. And even if you can't make a financial contribution, then we ask that you help spread the word about the show. Invite your fellow Trekkies to get their latest news from the Star Trek multiverse right here. It's your support that keeps us going.
1: Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets.
0: First and foremost, a very special thanks to our new host, Kat who did a phenomenal job this week on her first episode. We are so looking forward to so many more. Thanks to our audio editors, including William Hardy, Brandon Parker, Rand Hurl, Daniel Stevens, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, for assisting in the production of our weekly show. Thanks to community manager, Shane Hoover. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But, most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
1: Enemy ship on sensors.
0: Red alert. Engage. Cause she walked away. Sorry, Daniel. But obviously wine is more important. She'll have to listen to this on the bloopers. What? What? Nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it my turn yet?
0: <laughs> it is, yeah.
1: <sighs> okay. Where were we?
0: Starfleet's been to Mars.
1: Starfleet's been to Mars.
0: Oh, you don't have to Oh, read I don't? Mind.
1: Okay, well. Titles. There was an exclamation point. I can't resist.
0: You can go ahead. Go ahead. Give me your best <laughs> Starfleet's been to Mars. No, I can't do
1: it. That. I can't it's top a that. It's uh, a that was pretty good. Uh, all right.
0: When it comes to Star Trek Discovery, one thing most fans, one thing most all fans can agree on is seeing the original 1701 in action with Captain Christopher Pike when it comes to Star Trek Discovery, one thing most frat, one thing most all fans can—I ac- don't say all fans, ah—just
1: say fans. Oh no! Isn't that implied that it's all?
0: <laughs> if you're lucky enough to get the requisition pack,
1: the starship mastery trait, polarized lattice, optimized Tritanium armor, when slotted, will heal any. Will seal. Any transported torpedoes behind bulkheads deployed when, dot...
0: Let me start back. When slotted.
1: When slotted, we'll... Oh, wait, hold on. I need some wine.
0: <laughs> Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.